You're listening to the Imbibe the Vibe podcast, hosted by Alex Vans and Jackson Bell. The show is, as always, presented by Bad Business Club. That's right, Bad Business Club. You can check us out on Spotify to hear our latest music, and go to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash imbibethevibe. As always, please drink responsibly, enjoy the spirits, enjoy the sounds, but maybe not all at once. Leave that to us. Enjoy the show. I'm Alex. That's how we're starting this? I guess yeah. I'm, I'm Jackson. And this is our second 2.0 version of Imbibe. It's Imbibe the Vibe live. It's the first time we're doing it for the second time mm-hmm. where we're uh, inviting people into our essential, essentially inviting people into our sort of audio cocktail party. I guess yeah, is exactly. Is. Yeah. Yeah. We've done been doing this for a year, so I think we're comfortable enough to subject others in real time. Unless we talk ourselves out of it right now, I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> in which case, you guys all have to go home and we'll just do this amongst ourselves. You don't have to do that. Uh, I explained this to you guys earlier, but just for the listeners at home, we're going to be listening to our record That's this right. time. And it's out on vinyl uh, as we speak. Uh, so pick it up if you like it. Um, and... Or if you don't. Yeah, or if you don't. The other cool thing, we are joined by some folks uh, in the band, Max, over in the back yes. here. Uh, Mr. Max Osmer on the drums. Drums and percussion on the record. Uh, Jay Troop over here will be joining us uh, on our set of live shows coming up in New York City as well. <laughs> old and friend of the band, old yeah. contributor to the band. And we On hope, our first record, in fact. We hope yeah, to yeah. see all of you there. And with that, we're going to get started. Uh Usually we will just pick kind of famous cocktails. This time we did a little crowdsourcing uh, for some folks that, uh, you know, like the album, are fans of the band, friends of the band, to contribute their own uh, inspiration for what they felt the song needed. So we are actually going to start with Jeremy and Tara's um, uh, drink. And what is it called, Jackson? Uh, The Gin Campari Sour. We'll be starting with. That's right. We'll be starting with the Gin Campari Sour. Jackson, uh, let's let's share a little bit of why what we're drinking again. So for this the, for is the, yeah. uh, this is a recipe given to us by our hosts, Tara and Jeremy. It is a um, gin campari sour, which is funny because an egg drink is sometimes referred to as a flip. What? <laughs> I know. You did that on purpose. What the I know. You definitely did that on purpose. Um. And yeah, I mean, I. I think this is just like a super simple, super good cocktail. Um, nice and, you know, sour, with, not without being tart. You know, you need a little sweet to make sour because tart and sweet is what makes sour, right? Now, I used to be nervous about egg cocktails being, you know, too complicated for the common man at home. Um, but there's actually kind of an easy technique and want to, uh, maybe you can enlighten us on like oh, yeah. what that so is the, and the what an dry, egg adds to it. The dry shake. So what the egg white does is um, it sort of thickens a cocktail, gives it this kind of lovely velvety texture. Um, Like a whiskey sour isn't a whiskey sour to me. The viscosity, that's the word. You get more protein from your cocktail? You get more protein, it's healthy. Um, Yeah, this is what Rocky Balboa drinks um, 
when he got over the hill and he he lost all his money, he goes to spends all his money in the cocktail bars in South Philly. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, instead of drinking raw hey. eggs in the morning, he hey. drinks raw eggs at night. That's a terrible Stallone. That's really That's bad. a really bad Stallone. I'm not like, going to do that again. I'm not going to do that That was like again. Sylvester. Can somebody, can that somebody was like, do a good Stallone? That was like voice? a half Sylvester Stallone and half... My egg yeah. boy. No, hey, I'm not. from Philadelphia, even hey. though I sound like I'm from uh, Brooklyn. It was almost like <laughs> yeah. um, Arnold or somebody. So I don't know. There's, there's something else I think the egg does. Uh, it when you, if you were to have just Campari and gin without the egg, and or, or Campari gin and lemon. I mean, there's something that the egg does. It's not about being sweet, but it I find that it uh, well, no, functions as the sweetener in some of what. It spaces the ingredients out, kind of like if you want to taste. If you want to really taste like a scotch or something, mm-hmm. um, you add a little bit of water to it. Yeah. So it kind of it opens up the flavors, I think. And then um, I feel like the egg white kind of does something similar here, just like more liquid, more. Yeah. And so the dry shaking was a, a thing. So if you want to make egg drinks at home, whiskey sours, uh, others, you um, put everything in the shaker, no ice, right? shake to emulsify the egg then you add the ice to get it to chill down then you uh, strain it and serve it there's also the reverse dry shake but I'm not going to get into that <laughs> what happens if you put the ice in well that's actually what a reverse dry shake is okay. where you, you well, call because that a you heckle? Need the, because it, the egg white won't emulsify properly you won't get the nice fluffy texture out of it with the ice in the shake oh, okay. but what you can do is put everything in with the ice Strain the thing into the other half of the shaker, dump the ice, and then dry shake it. It doesn't actually save you any time, but I used to like doing it. Yeah. Tara and Jeremy's, um, I think, reasoning for their inspiration for, for this drink, um, I know uh, we were texting about it. What, uh, what the key in to the gym cam- gin Campari Sour when you guys heard, you know, flip me over? A flip. Mm. Yeah. The, deck, the poop deck. Campari. Well, there, there's a lot of relationship, like, bindings and separations throughout this record. So yeah. I think that's a good precursor to what is going to come and, and then what will the, yet to be resolved. Campari's got the requisite bitterness, the requisite fanciness. I always describe Campari to people as, like, Orange flavored up front, but kind of cigar smoky when you get to the finish of it. Mm-hmm. It kind of, the aftertaste of Campari is cigar smoke to me. So hits the back of the tongue. Hits the back of the tongue. Exactly. Yeah. So what a, um, let's talk a little bit about the production of Flip Me Over. Kind of, you know, how we sort of put it together. I think, I mean, Jackson is kind of the, just a, a quick, like, I think, you know, establishing kind of how we we did this. This was a lot of a, a, so much more of a group effort than like a you know lead songwriter and then going into it. Uh, but Jackson did a lot of the arrangements, um, a lot of the guitar arrangements, a lot of the the the, the answer lines that you hear throughout. Um, a lot of those response lines you guys hear. Um, I laid back and really just wrote lyrics and melodies and and 
very plain chords and sort of I think let your talent shine through like let kind of Max like do his thing and I think uh, this is this song is a good like initial expression of that yeah um, yeah this was a cool one because we really got to kind of go nuts with the synths yeah this is this. A, this is the synthiest one this is the synthiest one for yeah. sure um, our uh, producer and good friend Morgan Wiley is really, really great with synthesizers and keyboards in general. I mean, we'll we'll end up talking about him a, a good bit tonight. But he's he's the kind of guy where he'll like he'll sit down in front of a Pro Tools session and just like do mixing stuff and production stuff, and then just sort of casually walk over to a piano and he'll just like sound like Art Tatum. Really who's easily. a who's a very like just, accomplished like, jazz amazing pianist. jazz piano yeah. just like insane jazz piano licks and he's just like oh yeah dude, it's whatever it's cool yeah it's like, whatever it's cool yeah, yeah. whatever dude. um yeah. anyway so that's yeah i sort of wanted to lean back and just say i'm gonna write all of these songs but i'm really not gonna try to write anything more than just the lyrics and the uh, the block chords, but just try to tell a story and try to have good melodies, and it really helped me zone in and focus on that. You mean more um, the the lyrics? Well, yeah. Like so just matter. just a yeah. So 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 uh, what you know? I sort of did when we. I said I, I really want to make a record. Like at this point, last summer, uh, January 2020, I just fucked off to Puerto Rico and got this like. I don't want to call it a cabin. It was more of a hacienda of sorts in mm-hmm. rural Puerto Rico. Bought, brought an acoustic guitar. Um, I just kind of sat out on the patio there, uh, and I was sort of overlooking the jungle and uh, or the rainforest and the ocean. Um, and you know, I, I did want to tell a story of uh, every songwriter does this, but I wanted to tell a story of a relationship that was like far enough away from me uh, and and past that I was not really tied up too much in the emotions of it and I could just kind of conceptualize it in a, in a way that I was able to cra- like tell a real story or tell a st- the story I wanted to actually tell about it because um, I think when you're too in the moment there's too much like guilt and emotion and everything wrapped up in it so this was sort of a this is kind of I, I kind of want to write this as like a fun like you know when you meet someone and you just like click with them it yeah. gets a little sloppy sometimes and um you know that's kind of how things start in a lot of ways so this is like the fun one now you guys are gonna it's all downhill from here (laughs) (laughs) it's all downhill from here until the last song yeah that's right uh to be continued but hey uh, tara jeremy jeremy tara queensy thank you for the contribution the gin campari sour thank you cheers the next song is called tired of being over you yes this, that's track two, the second song, song two of eight, side one, track two. Uh, tired to be over you. <laughs> what, what, what's the drink? Uh, who's it from and what's the drink? So this is actually one of mine. Um, this is the Saigon 75. This is the Saigon 75. So what is the genesis of this? How did you think of it? So we were uh, we were doing sort of a episode where we like remix cocktails if you will yeah we just like what does it mean to do a riff on a drink um we were sort of exploring a bit of that and then this came around because we just we were messing with french 75 and we just started subbing things in and out and uh we found out that if you sub rum for gin and lemon for lime and then throw some aperol in there 
-hmm. it turns into sort of a delightfully summery uh, situation. And so we can understand the differences. What is the French 75? What's that all about? Uh, what's French the French 75 history? is, um, well, the name of it comes from a machine gun, actually. World War One machine World gun. World War One era machine gun, the French 75. Yeah, it's Cannon. Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. Yeah. 75 millimeter cannon from World War One. I. I thought it was a machine gun. Huh. It's not. Learn something new every day. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> 75, 75 millimeter machine gun. Yeah, it's rather, rather serious. All right. Well. Uh, okay. So there's that's uh, so so it's named after machine gun. And what is it? What's uh, in the original? It's what's it's not a machine gun. Uh, yeah. What's in the what's in the original? See, the original is uh, gin, lemon, simple syrup, and uh, champagne. Top it off. Yeah. So we're doing rum, lime, apérol, just to kind of I mean for color and for a little extra bitterness. Mm -hmm. Um, and then simple syrup and champagne. So it's sort of a tart. Yeah, this is a this is an original creation. This is an original creation, sort of like you piloting it and us on a podcast, just like you know, why don't we just like do this? How about let's like yeah. throw this in? No, like know? mid episode. Mid, mid episode, episode I was just like, we should. I, I mean, before we uh, before we did that one, I was like, yeah, just like have Aperol around in case. Yeah. Um, and then we just tried it, and we were like, wow, that's. It's very good. So we're giving yes. it an official spot here. So it's called the Saigon 75 um, because, uh, well, a couple things that made sense for the title is, is uh, you know, rum is a little bit more of a tropical climate drink, obviously, than sure. gin. Um, however, you know, Vietnam was, in fact, a French protectorate. That's right. Uh, you know, up, uh, you know, through the mid 20th century. We know what happened there. Uh, yeah. We all know what happened there, but uh, I found myself uh, in Saigon in yes. uh, late 2016, um, and actually, a lot of the mid section of this tune, the talking bit, the talking bit, uh, I sort of made it up, but it actually was some scribblings that I did um, at the rooftop of this hotel in Saigon uh, when I was uh, sort of, I was kind of, there was a point when I was visiting uh, an old girlfriend who had moved to Cambodia and I found myself by myself for two weeks in Saigon. These things didn't go like perfectly and it was like a fun, I just like scribbled out a bunch of stuff. And that half of that, the rest of the song I wrote in Puerto Rico, but that little 30 second thing came from whatever the hell like I was scribbling when I was like actually emotional about it. Right. Um, See, I love fun. that because you can't always find a good context for work that you have. Yeah, no. I love going back through my old notebooks and like pulling fragments of things mm -hmm. and like trying to find a home for them in a song. Uh, because oftentimes you write something and you just have no idea what to use it for, and uh, the opportunity might not arise until later on. So you know, yeah, it's always uh, it's always a fun thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I um, I know we've got some musicians in the audience here, but I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I would love to hear anyone's agreement, uh, if if so, or um, you know how they they feel about you know just pulling stuff. Because yeah, I'll pull melodies from stuff I wrote, like that I threw on a demo tape in in two thousand eight. Sometimes sure. you know, yeah. uh, and you that'll find its way like, in. If it never found like its forever home, mm -hmm. then it's always uh, it's always 
up for use in a new thing. You know? Yeah. You got a song that you just can't like find a bridge to it that mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go back through your stuff, see if you can find something, dig something out. One of the verse melody from a song we're gonna hear later on actually came from a a jazz tune I wrote senior year of college, uh, oh. and it was a saxophone line. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of felt like the right thing to do at the time. You know, I just simplified the chords behind it and kind of worked out. Yeah. What do you guys think of the drink? Uh, Jay, what's your what's your take? Love it. Yeah. Very problematic game. Love that, too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really tasty. It's sort of right up the alley. I don't know what to drink well. Mm. Um, well, tonight's your night. <laughs> well, about the rum. I'm glad you brought the rum. Yes. Because not all rums are the same. And uh, this rum... It's a very special rum. 10 to 1 distilling is the... Uh, and this is... There, well, not that one. That's We're doing that next. But this is uh, 10 to 1, the Caribbean white that they have. Caribbean white rum. Um, so it's... 45% alcohol by volume. Uh, it says a bunch of things on here. It smells I like... I saw some faces back there when uh, we gave the APV. <laughs> white pepper, jasmine, ripe citrus, honeysuckle, coriander, and lemongrass are the things you're supposed to get off the nose from this. Mostly, I just try and explain to people that uh, this is a rum agricole, right? So most rum is distilled from molasses, um, but rum agricole, that's referred to as like a British style rum, right? Um, Jamaican rum. Um, but French style rum or rum agricole is distilled from sugarcane juice. So you end up getting a lot more like grassy aromas and flavors. Um, also, this is distilled using a copper pot still, which gives it these other flavors that you don't normally find this this like almost vaguely fruity vaguely caramel thing um it again these are hard things to pick up on if you're not used to them but the copper pot gives it a a twang for lack of a better lack of a better descriptor yeah um but you really pick that up in the drink and Mm -hmm. i like that some of the flavors some of the more like esoteric flavors in there are the rum itself shining through. So one warning thing about this rum is well, in a cocktail, this, it's lovely. and, and This might just be specific to you. Yeah, well, okay. So fear not drinking this in a cocktail. I've had some lovely nights drinking these in cocktails. This is deceptively uh, dangerous when drunk neat, and it tastes like something you can sip neat. It put him in the ground. One uh, you guys gave me a very full four. Yeah. Well, so this was... This <laughs> This oh, actually harkens back. That's going to be all night. So, so, so seven, uh, when was it? Um, yeah, two days ago, we were at a rehearsal dinner for a wedding in White Plains. And uh, we all went back to my, we got some White Plains people up here. Some what? Some Westchester people. <laughs> all right. Anybody from Mount Vernon? No? Right. Uh, but yes, uh, this, this can be a, a tough one to drink neat. Um, I did find myself... In, a, in my hotel room with a bunch of people I didn't know from the wedding when I came back and the bar had closed and I was like, wait a minute. I have five cases of rum in my car. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's beautiful to drink neat. It's incredibly easy, but you. No, no, no. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful sipping rum, but you will pay dearly in the morning if you're him. Because I, I mean, I remember one time where uh, we ended up back at my apartment and we had we had just done an episode with Diplomatico yeah and we had a bottle of 10 to 1 so we tasted the Diplomatico rum against- this is at 4 in the morning when you just were like let's let's compare I was man. like let's like- compare them <laughs> and uh, and the 10 to 1 it just had so much more like body and complexity um, well, the next day, I and actually, then the next day, you were like, "Hey, that thing we were supposed to do, I can't do it." Yeah, the uh, I actually felt like Robert Downey Jr. that whole day because uh, this is like back in March when pre Iron like, Man, pre yeah, pre Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Nineties Robert Downey Jr. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, the William Vale was still like really ch- the expensive hotels were still this is still back when they were really oh, yeah, really cheap back in the like, so prime I stayed pandemic I, era. I, not prime it was like March but like it was still cheap and um, anyway I. I stayed at the William Vale, and that was my my day where I was I canceled on everybody, and I just I hung around in a bathrobe in my suite at the William Vale and just ordered room service the whole day while I was like, you know, just felt like complete garbage, like I had come off of Nicolas Cage from leaving Las Vegas, Ugh. and uh, oh yeah, but I was like, you know That's what, I feel like kind of like feel like a washed up actor. This is like I feel terrible. And I hate myself, but I, this is also like kind of a cool experience in a way. Yeah. <laughs> that rocks. That's fun. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers to the Saigon 75. Thank you for listening Woo! to Tired of Being Over You. Cheers indeed. Thank you. We should actually. All right. Yeah. So up next, we have one of my personal favorites. We have a little thing called the Hemingway Heat. And this is probably our most. Some of you guys are going to like this one. Some of you guys aren't. But that's kind of the way we do this podcast is we throw in one uh, wild card and this is it. And so what is this and what's it all about? So this is the Hemingway Heat. It is pretty simple in its execution. Um, It's a Hemingway daiquiri. Uh, For those of you who are unsure what a Hemingway daiquiri is, it's just a daiquiri with a lot more rum and grapefruit juice added to it. Um, A daiquiri traditionally is just... uh, rum sugar and lime but uh papa liked it papa liked them served in doubles uh with grapefruit juice added um so but what what makes it heat heat. you might ask jalapeno and yeah if you've tasted it if you've tasted (laughs) it you're probably well aware at this point that it is jalapeno infused rum um and these lime wedges don't have the little cut in them, so I can't put them on the side of the glass, but it's okay. So the, yeah, the, any sort of like vegetal flavors you're getting, it's probably from the rum, mixed yeah. with the jalapeno, but there's Grassiness. also maraschino in there too. Maraschino just to kind of cut it a little bit. And I have to say that this... Cheers. Oh, cheers indeed. Cheers hey. everyone to cheers, the Hemingway y'all. heat. All right. Cheers. We're going to take a quick poll of the room on like a 1 to 10 scale of like where this drink is on your palate. Goodness yeah. wise. Yeah, the, the way it relates connects with your palate. See, because I made a batch of heat rum Woo! the last time we did this and I used way more jalapeno. And let's just say this has... This is actually ni- nicer than DC This has show. like, this has a gentle attack to it. The other one was just like straight up hostile. Yeah. I bet he'd be very happy with it. Like, 
Oh, that's hot. Do we have a tape? Do we have? Do we have Hemingway? Haven't been? Yeah, I guess we do. We know his voice sounds like Hemingway. Yeah, is his voice committed to? I mean, people have tried to. People have played him in movies. He had a higher pitched voice. Oh, that's hot. Oh, it's really. (laughs) It's a really hot drink. I mean, that's like the ultimate feather in its cap. I think it's like even non-spicy cocktail guys are like, "Hey, this is pretty." There you yeah. go. There you go. I mean, the song was called Too, Too Hot, Hot to, to tame. tame. Too Hot to Tame. It's an opportunity I couldn't resist. This is a drink that uh, we used to serve at J.M. Curly in Boston, um, which is a great bar that I worked at for a few years. Oh, speaking of J.M. Curly, and, and then I want I really want to hear, because this is a great story, but yes. um, our friend Trevor Fry, who's next drink we're going to feature uh gave us all of this 10 to 1 rum yes he did uh, and he's a distributor in dc and he's got the next drink but he actually knows he knows kevin mabry the owner of jam of curly, JM curly. Yeah. shout out to you kevin he i mean he wrote the bar menu he wrote this drink and uh i stole it and i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize he's probably happy to get the credit like i publicly. mean hey kevin shout out to you bud shout out to you yeah. it's like yeah you know well, no, you should you should go to his bar and you should get a real Hemingway heat rather than my my you know my uh, imitation of it. I mean, it's not it's the recipe, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. You um, should go there anyway because it's awesome. You should get their food. Uh, they make one of the better cheeseburgers in Boston, I believe. It's like Tasty Burger and JM Curly. You know, you grew up there. Or you just lived there for a while. You grew up there. You're from Massachusetts. You know. So so here's a... Speaking of Too Hot to Tame, um, this is actually one of my favorite songs that I had the least to, to do with outside of like having a bunch of phone conversations with people to coordinate it. Yeah. Um, but this is actually like... I, I don't like to call this a remix because it goes so far beyond it. Um, I mean, it is a remix. Yes. Like, yeah. It's well, what it is. So this is a remix of the song that's about to be played called Running From You. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a remix from our Bay Area uh, electronic artist friend, Cole Odin. Um, and Named after the Norse god. No, the Norse god, yes. Uh, huh? Oh, yeah, the area, yeah. I think he's... He is, oh, there you go. It's he's good. in San Francisco. He actually got... Our first record store placement. Uh, there's a Bay Area record store um, that you can get. Uh, it's called um, Vinyl Dreams in in the city proper. Mm-hmm. So they've got about ten too, copies. If you guys want to, if you guys want to fly over to San Francisco or fly to Tokyo or to, to Tokyo. Uh, Alameda Records in, in Tokyo. I um, I mean yeah. I have wanted to go to Japan since I was a wee little boy. So uh, yeah. that makes me very happy. That yeah. In a sense. I have gone to Japan, just my guitar yeah. playing has. But you know. Cole, uh, Cole um, did this really cool thing with this song where I was looking for a way to, uh, we were looking for a way to connect the tracks together, mm-hmm. like to give the, the, the record a little bit of glue. And Cole has a way, if you go on and listen to his music, um, he does remixes that if you've it's the perfect marriage of what a good remix i think should be where if you've never heard the original before you wouldn't know it was a remix 
But if you've heard it, you could pick up on elements where you're like, this is a remix of something. I think I know this band. And he went so far beyond the point of just a remix that that's why we gave it a completely different name. Yeah. Um, right. And I think it, the elements that it throws in contains, you know, sort of the, the elements that you're going to hear next uh, in Running From You. And well, so, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing because um, most of the time a remix is just like somebody takes the vocal hook from a song and maybe a couple of the instrumentals and like changes the groove a little bit just like kind of puts new drums over it and that's it you just like slap remix on the end of it and send it out the door but uh cole really did a good job of recontextualizing all the different parts of this song um, well, our friend Jay's learning some of these parts right now. Yes. And he's had a, like, what's, because you've had a couple of hot, too hot to tame takes on, on your learning process for this one and what you want to do with it. Well, yeah. Dude. Yeah, I just want I mean, I, 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 yeah, I was going to, I was just going to double some of the parts. I love that middle, when it breaks into the synth line, when it just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll see really in, cool. you'll see in Running From You, which is the next song. Yeah where that comes from and what's actually fun about this too is you'll hear like hint elements that don't even exist in the next song because cole actually pulled like outtakes and like yeah. cuts that didn't even make it in when like morgan was just fiddling with the piano yeah um i mean it's was... like remixing a song is like taking apart a car and trying to build a boat yeah like a good remix you get a really great boat are taking it whereas uh, yeah. a crappy remix it's like this is just kind of a car that can go in water or you know taking apart a i think this one though this one this one a though car that sinks slowly yeah this right. one though goes goes gets to a point where it's um it's not that it's taking apart a uh uh an f-16 and turning it into the starship enterprise <laughs> Yeah, or taking taking the uh, international space station, pulling it apart and remaking it as Deep Space Nine. Whoa! Yeah, he's a Star Trek fan. <laughs> he's a Star Trek fan. Or taking Amelia Earhart's plane, taking it apart and putting it together as Voyager, because the, they both had female she, captains. No, so that's <laughs> the Spirit of St. Louis. That wasn't her. that was Charles. That was Charles. Never mind. <laughs> I know kind it's absolutely brilliant, you know, and I thought of it. You know, really cool. thank you. Uh, yeah. It is—it's kind of one of the most brilliant things I think an artist has done on putting an album together. And yeah, and yeah, uh, you're just that give was en- that entirely right my here. idea. In front of all these people, you're going to give yourself that award. <laughs> anyway, if you want to hear this in its continuity, I have several copies uh, on sale. Oh, yeah, that, we yeah. are—we um, do have copies of the album on vinyl if you got to. If you guys don't want to go to Tokyo to get it, you yeah. could get it right. There's there. only. Th- or if you do. <laughs> well, supplies last. <laughs> okay, here's to the Hemingway Heat. It's a Hemingway Heat. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. This was uh, an idea from our friend Trevor Fry from DC who gave us all the 10 to 1 rum that we have and the gin actually that we have. Um, and this is... Shout out 10 to 1. 10 to 1. And this is what... I'll explain the title in a second uh, or we can explain the title, but this is called The Roof Runner. Um, the Roof Runner, what's, what is all, what's The Roof Runner all about? What's everyone... 
what is what are we uh, tasting and drinking here? So it's a drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a drink, uh, and it's pretty good. And <laughs> yeah, um, and it is rum, passion fruit, which we actually could not find passion fruit juice today. So instead. We're having dragon fruit. Oh, did we put the actual passion fruit in everyone's cup? Oh. Because you didn't buy passion fruit. Yeah, we do have passion fruit. No, we don't. They're pomegranates. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, so what else do we have in it that gives it the passion fruit thing? Uh, well, there's actually no passion fruit in it. Um, but the chinola is passion fruit liqueur. It is a very rare so liqueur. That. It's, it's yeah. the passion. It's the dragon. Yeah. It's everything together. Yeah. It's mainly just And this song might be like our most passionate song. It is you a know? passionate song. It's a passionate song. And this uh we'll get into the song in a minute, but really quick, it's called The Roof Runner because for the music video, uh it's it's kind of a, a riff on a rum runner a little bit, you yes. know. And we call it The Roof Runner because the music video we did for the song, if folks have, that have seen it, um, it's us running around on a roof in Williamsburg, just aimlessly. On uh, the Max coldest, was there on the coldest day of the year. On the coldest day of the year. I have never experienced cold like I did that day. Oh my God, it was so cold. We yeah. just ran around and I... Our I, fingers almost fall, I fell played, off. I played the guitar solo in the music video. And like my fingers were freezing as I was doing it. And so. We ran around the roof and then we, we, we had this grand plan to be like, well, we're going to run around the roof and then we're going to run around McCarran Park and then we're going to run a- around like the, like the East River shoreline. And we did the roof and we're like, yeah, no, I think I don't think we need to do those other outside things. <laughs> it was. Uh... Uh, oh, yeah, it was so cold. My. Like my my quads like gave out and I just like ate it on the rooftop, which you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was the cold. But uh, wink, wink. It was the cold. Uh, you know, you can't spell cold without old. That's true. <laughs> I can't wait to taste this. Actually, I have tasted. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. That's also Look at that! A it's true running thing. away from me. <laughs> Which, that really suits the lyric, in fact. Uh, the Roof Runner, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to give our third Roof Runner to Rob, our friend uh, from Massachusetts, previously. Friend of the show. Friend, friend of the of show, the friend of the pod, friend of the band. Well, you all, you all are friends of the show, pod, band. So, hey, give yourselves a round of applause, everybody. Um, yeah. Our lovely singer, Sam, her hair is like fire engine red. Yeah. Sam's hair is fire engine red, so uh, it's, it, it makes sense that the drink should be red. Let's, yeah, let's chat about the, the what do we want to, what, what, what do you guys want us to talk about? No. I mean, well, I mean, hang on, crazy. before we, before we start taking callers, <laughs> um, the, uh, just talking about the, the production and just the making of this song, um, this is another one where our producer and keyboardist Morgan Wiley really gets a chance to shine, um, a lot of those, like, 
texture synths, the melodies through the through the sections. A lot of that stuff is him. Mm-hmm. All those like cool velcroy synths and just like that. Um, the the glamour profession synth. If we got any like Steely Dan fans, the the, it's the Steely Dan synth. This, yeah. Very much a Steely Dan. I mean, we just love the fuck out of Steely Dan, so we steal from them at every. We steal at every given opportunity. We steal from Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah, we're stealing the Dan, as it were, and um, and uh, that, you know, I guess I'm just gonna like brag for a second. I played that guitar solo. I played that on the first take. Well, and uh, you know, I'm just saying. I'll take. I'll I'll just. I won't make you awkward about bragging because yeah. I will actually say I was telling him during the stop down that um, that you know that time when you it's like four in the morning and you're like semi-conscious and all this stuff is flying through your head that solo note for note is like playing over and over in my mind when I'm in my half asleep like early morning stage because it's that ho- earwormy my friend it mm, is, it is very it. well played and, yeah. and it literally I mean, Morgan is such a great engineer and producer that he's, I just like, I got set up, I sat down, he was like, let's just play this guitar solo, huh? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He makes, he relaxes everybody. He just, very relaxing, I, you know, he hit record, I played it, what I played is what you heard, and after that he was like, yeah, Yeah, that was good. He's like, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) uh, actually, this is actually a, 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 great example of and like yeah i wrote this song in puerto rico it actually sounded pretty different um actually a couple quick steely dan things like Uh that that chord progression with the whole tone that's stolen that's That's stolen stolen from from don't take me alive alive. uh, off of uh royal scam uh 1976 right uh they do something similar to that in a few too okay but this is a very well like Morgan just did an excellent job in the studio because not only with his solo but he also like my vocal part I, I tried to write this as a true duet like mm-hmm. between like some of these songs are very much like Sam in the front there's a few that are more and me she, up front I mean yeah. we can we can turn her loose on just about anything and so like tired of being over you is like, like more of a Sam song right yeah. this is like uh, like Casa Soliata is a little more of like has me on it early morning hours is is kind of both of us but this is a true duet and um i originally had my parts in like a tenor range like a tom petty you know range high up and he's like i don't know if that's working man i don't know if that's working he's like why don't you go low and i was like i, I don't know man like I'm, but am i singing if i actually go low you know because you're always you're you know, if you listen to you know you listen to like classic rock from the early 80s and it's kind of all like these guys that are kind of stretching their dudes pushing themselves into the uncomfortable part of their range yeah for expressive purpose yeah and and he was like dude just sing what's really comfortable and uh that was like i mean i want to use that from now on because i actually kind of discovered something about myself from from morgan well a good friend of mine a good friend of mine who's uh my friend sala he says that because he's a he's a musician as well um, and great singer honestly and he he says that your singing voice comes from your talking voice that yeah. all you do when you're singing is just taking your talking voice and making a note out of it and uh, yeah well I yeah have a, I have an interesting relationship with my friend Sal. <laughs> he's a great kid but 
He doesn't exactly in that, drop in that pearls he... of wisdom all the time. You know what I mean? And so I that love was him. A... Though. I love him, but uh, but that that was one where I was just like, oh, that was a shit, pearl. Bud, you might be onto something with that. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, with that, should we flip it over? Oh. Yeah. The drink of the same name that we're going to be making has the most moving parts of any cocktail we're going to be serving tonight. Hence why you don't have anything in your hands yet. And you guys over the bar can do it the simple way. We're going to demonstrate it. We're going to demonstrate it the way it's supposed to be done, I guess. The way and it's supposed to be done. Let me first introduce the fact that this is a, a an original yeah, who, creation. An original creation. An original creation of our friend... Uh, Chuck Fishman, a.k.a. Chuck DeFunk. Chuck DeFunk. From uh, FSQ, which has been one of our greatest sort of musical allies throughout this entire Indeed like, they have. existence of, of this band. We were, in fact, um, uh, this this next set of shows, uh, monthly residencies at Bowery Electric starting November 20th, that I hope everyone's coming to. Yeah, we'll see you there, y'all. We'll see you there. This was, uh, this was in fact, a reiteration of something that was supposed to start um, May eighth, twenty twenty. So um, well, we all know what happened. You know the the global health crisis, the unspecified uh, of the virus of unspecified origin. Yeah, the, the and be, that's just because we don't want to get retagged the, in the a, in C a way word. that um, yes, uh, Campari. Everybody, uh, which was our original sponsor, but now it's Queensy, which yeah. is even better. So here's the thing: uh, we, so we're gonna be doing one of these shows with FSQ. FSQ has remixed a lot of our tunes. Our utility guy, guitarist slash synth Tate Massimore, uh, is in FSQ, and in fact, we are now going to be a bi-coastal band because he's moving to Arlington with uh, to. You know, do music with me, so we'll be doing a little bit of a both by state thing. Yeah, Chesapeake <laughs> Coast, Chesapeake Coast, and East River Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from California. Yes, it's true. That's true. So it's tri-coastal, really. Tri-coastal. Yeah. Uh, and then but, there's the third coast. And the Gulf of Mexico is there's the third the coast. There's the there's the Gulf Coast. So we got a quadricoast going. We're quadricoastal. Yeah. We're quadricoastal. Actually, uh, Sam's from Boca, so it's that's the Atlantic yeah, coast. Yeah, Sam's from Boca Raton. We're so. quinticoastal. We're pentecostal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love shout music though. It's so much fun. Uh, so. To bring things back to a more somber note, actually, yes. just a serious note. Uh, this is a very serious cocktail. Can't you tell? Can't you tell how serious? Describe the process you're going through because. Okay, so the Casa Soleada happens in two parts, okay? And this is the way that Chuck himself specified to do it. What you have to do is, yep, and it's, it's happening over there. What you do is, in the shaker, you combine two ounces of gold rum, one half an ounce of white rum, a half an ounce of Cointreau, a half an ounce of Orgeat, which I made earlier, 
um, a half an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice. Once you shake that, oh yeah, you have to add one lime rind. Uh oh. So, so I guess I'm just gonna. You're gonna you know, add one lime rind right now. It's gonna throw because I juiced I juiced lime earlier, so it's gonna throw it off. I'm not gonna do it. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. No one will notice. No one will notice if it's not there. Yes, exactly. Um, so then what you do next is you, uh, in another glass, Yep. you're going to do... This is like, this. there's a process here, so I hope you do a half following. an ounce of uh, creme de banana, which is not in my hand right now, and a, a half an ounce of walnut liqueur. Which, by the way, was the hardest thing for me to find. There's different brands of walnut liqueur. Um... I don't know what I exactly Rapa, got. Rapa, Rapa is the one that. Rapa, yeah, I think I got Rapa banana liqueur, and what was the other? What what else are we mixing in that glass? Uh, banana liqueur. You're supposed to layer it, then stir it. I'm so, just, I'm just I was pour them in there. Most of these weird liqueurs. Oh yeah, and then overproof rum as well. Overproof rum. You see, this is me pouring the overproof rum into the thing. Everybody's seeing that? All right, yeah. good. Yeah. Good. Yes. Extra. Yes. Yeah, uh, 150, Bacardi 151. We're using like rum fire. Rum fire. This? Yeah. Yes, is the kind of the, the quintessential overproof rum. Um, and then you just you toss some ice in there and you shake it, dude. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I will say the the one advantage the one advantage is I bought most of these weird ass liqueurs back when I was uh, when I was before I came up here when I was still in VA. And all the Virginia liquor stores have to be run by the state. So you go into these essentially like liquor stores that are actually government buildings and you buy all your liquor there. But the actual advantage of that is they have everything. Like literally they're just like, well, we have to have all the things because, yeah, because you there's know, no competition. there's no competition. Yeah. So let freedom like, ring, huh? You're <laughs> <laughs> Orgeat. Orgeat is the French word for almond. It's an almond syrup. So basically, I I blended a bunch of almonds in sugar water and strained it out. You're supposed to toast the almonds before you do it, and I forgot to do so. Which Chuck? Which we did. We did, Chuck. We actually did it, Chuck. Sometimes if I I didn't, it would be it would be better if I toasted. It'd be like nuttier, but I actually think it kind of. It has more of like a vanilla note. Oh, let to me. It. All right, y'all. Let's uh, let's hit it. Uh, cheers to cheers the Casa indeed. Soleata. This is the Casa Soleata, Chuck the Funk's creation. Enjoy, y'all. Enjoy. It's uh, hmm. Wow. I think because we had to do this with Frangelico in DC because I couldn't find the walnut liqueur. Yeah. And I finally found it at the uh, at the Langley Total uh, ABC store. Dude, um, the walnut liqueur does wonders for it. Yeah. I can't, I, it, this is so much better than what we did in DC. It's kind of a crazy drink. The creme de banana hits you up front. Yeah. The creme de banana hits you up front. But, like, really, this is... Because some cocktails, they're kind of like a jazz trio. It's only three ingredients. This is, like, more of an orchestra. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. And they manage to kind of balance and mute each other yeah. as they go through. And, like, it's... I mean, it's aggressively tropical. I like it. I wish I had toasted the nuts. 
because then it would kind of it would it would just lend a little bit more of that like nuttiness from the from the almonds. Yeah. It's sweet, right? You can yell so you, we can we want to yeah. hear your conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yell this out. You were a great shape of nutmeg. Oh, that would be gorgeous. Uh, like you would do for, for the painkiller. Cin- cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon and nutmeg. Yeah. I think, you know what? Even better. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that yeah, would have yeah, been would good. Just, it gets there. It gets there, but, I mean, the, the baking spices, the nutmeg, and maybe even, if you want to go crazy, a big, dumb, tall glass with a bunch of crushed ice and a little whipped cream on top. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Spike oatmeal, dude. It has... It has a strangely, <laughs> it has a strangely breakfasty thing to it. I so, can't describe it. Casa Soliata, Casa it's the rum. Yeah, Casa Soliata, House of the Sun, which was actually the name. It was there was a uh, so on the wall outside of the house that I stayed out in Puerto Rico because it was like walled in and there was a gate and everything. And um, it, the, there was a, a mural that said Casa Soleada. So I was like, I gotta write one song. Uh, I gotta write, yeah, that's okay. It's, it's all right. You just <sighs> take a breath and retell Be that story. Be more bitter, why don't you? Uh, throw me some bitters. That wouldn't, that wouldn't help with this Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't help. Casa Soliata was, uh, the, yeah, it was, it was named after the, uh, the house that I wrote all these tunes in. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most, uh, disco of the disco, you know, it's this is the most like the Donna most, Summer, like yeah. disco tune. It's the most just like foot stomping four on the floor. People were here to dance. Kind yeah. Of song. The, the, there's a lot of water imagery in here and this is the same sort of like I've been out of this relationship for like two and a half three years and I can actually write about it Yeah. and uh, this is a fun maybe some fun travel advice I can throw to you guys too but if raise your hand if you've been to Puerto Rico before raise your hand if you've been to El Yunque National Forest yes it's uh, like yes it's the uh, I mean I'm just an evangelist for El Yunque. Uh, it is the only uh, tropical rainforest in the United States. Yeah. And um, in the national park system. And uh, I went solo hiking there. I brought my, my lyric book. And um, I, there was like a, I, I kind of like was on one of the more rugged trails. And there was this brook that I was crossing. And I sort of looked like upstream and I sort of did this double take because I brought my swimsuit too. Sure. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of hopscotch up this stream and see what happens. And I got up, you know, maybe like five, ten minutes up there. And I came to this lagoon with this waterfall. And when I hit that, I said, you know what? I think I can go a little farther. And there was actually this like rock wall next to the waterfall that was easily scalable uh, and I kind of laddered up you climbed up it and I came up to the top and there was a l- actual just the type of lagoon that you would only see in like Fern Gully sure uh, 
and this just water. The lagoon of your dreams. The lagoon of like your dreams. Crystalline water. It's like you could. Was there like mist and shit? There was mist because the, yeah. there was a waterfall and you could go yeah. behind the waterfall. The waterfall, the type of waterfall you go behind. It, yeah. You know, that's like the real shit. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so I just sat by that lagoon. I swam in the lagoon and then I wrote the lyrics. And, you know, wash you away. I was thinking, I was just around a lot of water. So I, Can't just, wash I, was, you away. I was writing about water in this, yeah. in this song, you know? Uh, and writing about water and writing about the house that I was staying at. Sure. So that's. Can't wash you away. Yeah. Like a little piece of poo stuck to the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking about. What an image. Yeah, you actually, I was I made a lot of effort to go to a beautiful blue lagoon in, in, in a rainforest, and then we connected it with poo. <laughs> I just... Can't, I can't wash, wash po- poo away. Can't wash poo away. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, buddy. You you opened the door and I walked through. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's okay. Like, this is, yeah, this is why we're here for the banter. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only here for the lulls. Well, but it is also, it is, I mean, the beautiful imagery of, yeah. of the water itself and, uh, you know, the the... The drinking. Yeah, um, yeah, like the water and the drinking. Drive down to Humacao at dawn. Yeah. Water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but like... Yeah, because actually I was in Philly the whole time. Yeah. I lied about the Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto <laughs> Rico, kidding. it was Philly. <laughs> it was the, the, the Puerto Rico of Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. Philly. It's like... Uh, it like, is probably the richest port in Pennsylvania. Though. Philly, yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, it was a port city originally, and uh, you it know, still is. There's you could a get port a quesadilla of... with beef. It's a cheesesteak. <laughs> yeah, it is. It in fact is. Yeah, Pittsburgh is is a river city, and in fact, I mean, I could go on a whole thing about like riverways if you guys want me to, but I won't. It's good. Just it's, the thing is, that, like, I'm I'm already I'm talking about water. You know, so water factors heavily throughout this entire album. I mean, we have a pool on the cover. We got a pool on, on the, the cover, cover of the album. It's me. If you guys want to, uh, should we show the album? Cover? We might as well, and we might as well talk about the title because the yeah. title. I, when I first heard the title, admittedly, I was like, "So, so what? here's the here's the cover." Naked neighbor. Um, what? This was done by our friend Blake Wilton. Yes. And here's the back cover. This was me in February in Lake Worth, Florida. Uh, sitting in front of this is this is an artistic representation representation of the pool that I was at, and this is the pool that I was at. Yeah, it's it, it's the Indeed. actual pool. Um, James Cameron. Oh sure, I he see. He does. He does love water. That James Cameron. Well, should we talk about? So can Titanic. I can I actually give you? Should, should I give the yeah. genesis of na- the naked? Yeah, neighbor? why naked neighbor? Actually, the people are clamoring. Okay, so, they have to know. So there's two things that went into this. One was it was actually going to be called. Uh, there were there were a lot of titles flying around, but I I glommed on to naked neighbor, and I I'm surprised you don't remember this, but when we were filming the uh, when we were filming the running for me music video on the coldest day of the year. Uh, I was talking about... So I used to live at this building called 101 Bedford. I, I don't live in New York City anymore, but 
Some of the best times of my life I lived in this building on McCarran Park where I was living in, like, you know those newer buildings where, like, if you're on the inner part, you face out into this courtyard and yeah, you can see is, every... You're like, thing is built you're like, like a, Jimmy Stewart from Rear Window and you can see everyone when you go out on your balcony. It's built like a giant U. Yeah. So if you're on the inside of the U, you just, like, see everybody's... It's like a human... Everyone's business. Because it's like a human zoo. It's almost. a human zoo because like the, there, at, there are big open windows, like floor-to-ceiling windows, and there was a, a couple moved... In in June of 2020, a couple moved into the the one just 180 across from me. Sure. And I would sit out there and like listen to Frank Sinatra and play guitar or whatever. And uh, they just you know had I, I couldn't tell if they were intentionally exhibitionist or if they were just they were unaware talking. of the fact. Yeah. No, like the there were the the so oh, they just walk around naked. One of them was working from home, and he would always stand at his like standing desk. Such and power then move and the then the woman desk. in the couple naked at the standing desk. That's a that's a power oh, no, move. No, yeah, yeah. No, naked he was, at the standing. He desk. went naked yeah, at the standing desk, like while, and he would just yeah. do this. Like I think he was like I, I couldn't tell if he was like a Wall Street guy. I, I couldn't tell, because he wasn't running meetings all day. You know, otherwise he would be naked at the standing desk. The other one was like uh, in the bedroom like manic pixie dream girl sort of style like she would do like naked yoga and then like listen to records and like dance around like in like a open like bathrobe it was zoe and and i like listen i wasn't i wasn't like peeping it wasn't actually zoe dation it was just like there it was just it was just one of those things where it's just just like like, oh there's naked people there's naked people like across and you just like oh yeah those are the naked people you just sort of quietly acknowledge you quietly acknowledge it's like yeah it's like like seinfeld said it's like looking at the sun you know yeah you just know that it's there you can't stare but you can kind of you look a little bit, maybe put some sunglasses on so they can't tell. Well, okay, I didn't, I wasn't that creepy about it. Guys. No, fine, <laughs> not so they can't tell, but it's like the sun. If you're gonna stare at the sun, put some glasses. No, on. here's. Of course, of course, they were right you across know, from me. Yeah. You like, know I what's gonna if happen. If I wanted to stand and look out, like off my balcony, yeah. I was staring at like naked yoga and naked wall street dude doing work you know and so i i said to sam when she when we were walking like i was like hey i told sam the story and she's like naked neighbor that's a good title for a record or a band and that's how i got it she did say that yeah i remember her saying that Mm -hmm. yeah and then later on i mean i i saw the album title when you sent it to him naked neighbor but uh, and I kinda but now wanted, I remember. I kind of wanted to go for it, and I think what Blake did really well is when I told him this title. The, this is if sort you of the, look in the pool, the ripples of the pool spell out the words "naked neighbor." Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, so like, it's the pants. Right there. The yeah. pants. You sort of see the light of the TV, and it's but it's like it's like lure, a little bit of luridness for the home. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. Not that you're not going out for lurid, and this is but also, there's a little bit of lurid just next door. If you, this is also, if I think, the, the good you know? aesthetic of the bad of Bad Business Club is that I was trying to explain to Blake, who Blake Wilton, check him out. He's an amazing artist. Um, 
he did the cover. I thought uh, that the pants on there, it's, it's the pants and just sort of the general, maybe the color yeah. palette and the style, kind of Bojack Horseman-esque. A little bit, to yeah. Me. Yeah, little bit of BoJack Horseman. But I in think there. what I was trying to, what I was trying to, we we kind of like got to this idea around like, this band is like a, we are not Ibiza, we're like Lake Worth, Florida, where we've kind of got our little backyard pools, but and you know. Yeah, a little it's bit a little of that. Key West in but there. it's like more like you can see your naked neighbor across from your suburban pool. You yeah. know, where you try to create an Ibiza thing. Meanwhile, we know. got all the expensive sound that you can go get in a place like Ibiza. It's just, you know. For a bargain basement price, by the way. For a, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe not like bargain basement, but like bargain, like a bargain pantry. Yeah, bargain you pantry. You know, like, like you can... You don't have to go under the house. Uh, yo, guys. Uh, the Casa Soleada, right? Cheers. All right. Cheers. Somehow, when we're in front of uh, twelve people, it actually goes a lot smoother, and, uh, and well, because we we, we actually have the pressure to perform. We don't feel the need to pontificate when it's just the two of us. We really, we really pontificate when it's just the two of us. This is not. No, we're not. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. uh, believe no, right. me. You have not been a room in a room alone with this man for seven hours that ends up getting edited down to three hours. I don't think it's <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, so uh, yeah, we're starting back up. Uh, so this is uh, we're, we're sort of getting to the yeah the, the, a little past the second half of the pod. How do you guys feel? How's everybody feeling? How's everybody doing out there? Oh yeah, let me pull this mic up to my face. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good. Well, we we started the, the podcast will be too insane. We started the podcast like very aggressive, where we were drinking like deep ass like full whiskey drinks like nine at a time, and like this was like this was like a year ago where we just didn't really know what we were doing, and it would. Jackson like was like, "Hey, listen, I, I I think I think if we keep doing this, I'm it's gonna put us in the hospital. Like if we <laughs> yeah yeah um and oh oh I was like hiccuping oh, at yeah. the end I, and, and the like, is, uh, okay so this song this this drink is called the left hand and. Uh, Read out the ingredients, Jackson. Uh, this is a concoction from again our bartender, left hand Doug over here. Are you left-handed? Doug, are you left-handed, Doug? He is. He is. All right. And, and it's called the left. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna make a joke. It's called the left hand because there's a riff on a right hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, actually, yeah. Well, let's, Doug, yell it out. What's the right hand? Yeah, what's the right hand? Be loud, be loud, loud and get over Rum, vermouth, and caparis. Rum, vermouth, and So this, and, and Jackson, this is what? So this is cherry-infused rum for extra darkness. 
Um, sweet vermouth for some sweetness. And then uh, Montenegro. Because Montenegro, well, I think they're in different families. Montenegro and Campari. And Montenegro is eminently accessible. I will give you that. Campari is a little pricklier to get around the first time you have it. I think I see Montenegro as an Amaro and Campari as a bitter. I realize that those two are the same. I realize that those, they're not the same thing, even though Amaro means bitter in Italian. This is an after dinner drink. Yeah, but uh, the this one is definitely like, I just ate, I just ate a large steak and some mashed potatoes, and I want something to cut through all that fat. And this is just a real kind of sit by the fire and smoke a cigar kind of a drink. Which is an interesting, like a sit by the fire and smoke a cigar. You don't think of rum for that necessarily. No, yeah, no you don't. But cherry infused yeah, rum, cherry infused rum takes it to that kind of real, the, the place that is inhabited by, you know, the Manhattan and drinks like that yeah and you know what's interesting is like it, it's funny that like you're talking about the wintriness and like sort of by the fireness of, of this yeah. drink like it's very fall all this very stuff wintry. like cherry herring and stuff is mm -hmm. well there's no cherry is, herring in here oh cherry herring comes later what, what's in so so sorry. this is just cherry infused rum yeah uh sweet vermouth yeah. and uh montenegro the Montenegro and the sweet vermouth yeah. and, and, and the cherry-infused. wine-based. Like, uh, my, my dad always used, always used to talk about the fact, like, when he was growing up in Milwaukee in the 70s. Mm. Uh, yeah, Doug knows all, all these Jerry, Jerry vans. By the way, Doug, uh, Doug grew up, like, four houses down from me, yeah. like, in Virginia. Yeah. So, like, that's how, you know, I used bartending. Give it up, give it up for this guy. Give He's it up for really Doug. Let's hear it for Doug. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but he was like, yeah, back, you know, back in those days, like, uh, everyone just drank like these weird cordials. Like nobody drank like they drank like PBR and Schlitz, and then just like cordials. Like you just have like a, a little snifter of Shamboard, Shamboard and Benedictine and like cherry herring and yeah, but you know, these these but, are these are the secret sauces of the cocktail world. Benedictine makes certain drinks like Which a Vucare, It's going to make an appearance later without Benedictine. It's so important. Yeah. It's because it, I mean these are the things that these are the things that regular folks don't know about when it comes to cocktails. You yeah. Know? Um, I think that like especially once you get into Amari, once you get into uh, because my favorite. I know Doug, you said your favorite Montenegro. And that's cool. Montenegro, I think, is very kind. Averna. Averna. Sure. See, I didn't like Fernet the first time I tried it, but then I... No, exactly. But then I developed a form well, of Stockholm Syndrome. You have a Fernet syndrome. shirt. I, I almost wore the Fernet shirt tonight. Um, I developed a form of Stockholm Syndrome where I now love Fernet. I love Fernet Branca. I don't care. I don't care that it tastes like mouthwash and lawn trimmings. I love it. <laughs> And if you ever yeah. eat, if you ever eat a very fatty meal, if you just feel like you're, you know, you need to be wheelbarrowed out of a restaurant, a shot of Fernet, Montenegro too, to a see, certain degree, you just like slug back some of that stuff. It'll turn you into a new person. 
See, Jackson, you got me you into the... See, yeah. bartenders, bartenders shoot for now. Yeah. And chefs. Chefs so, shoot so, for now. So, Jackson, you got me really into the uh, the Avernum. Avernum's lovely. With with the in-fashion drink, with the... the, the, the like Another the, J.M. Curly classic. The J.M. Curly classic. Like, the, the in-fashion uh, is like a beer riff on a... We, we can't go too into it's it. It's like, like, a, yeah. like a, a red... It's this very specific beer you have to use that I won't give up because it's it's like signature to the recipe. But any sort of darker brown ale thing will do the trick. Um, it's brown ale, Averna, bitters, and bourbon. On the occasion that I go to my parents' house for dinner, they have a full liquor cart. And occasionally, I'll just pour like an Averna or an, a Montenegro. It's nice. And, you know, my father... Oh... Jerry's got like everything. Uh, How have I never had a conversation with Jerry though? Oh, he's a big he's a big cocktail guy. He he's a big martini he's a martini guy. Oh. Um, in fact, that that's like actually more apropos because a if you're working on your desk from home, in your house. At yeah. <laughs> in fact, actually, I'm going to say. That for I did not realize like when we first started doing work from home yeah. that shit I've been living down there for too long I just said home. Uh, home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the Chesapeake Bay down the ocean. When we first started doing work from home, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't realize that my bar cart was like right behind my webcam. <laughs> And then there was like a period where I like thought that it was kind of like gentlemanly and classy that like guys look at my bar cart and then I was like oh wait I I gotta get rid of this it it doesn't or just move it or just point the camera in another direction so honestly like you know we didn't get too much into the song but I think the song speaks for itself oh yeah it's just a nice little instrumental. Interlude. Interlude time. It has me kind of speaking about Saigon and the Mekong River again. You know, little, 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 little sketches of that. They pulled that. um, But it was also like, I did a whole speech about that in the studio. Yeah. And then we remixed it. It was, it was actually pretty fun. So this is, this is the only one that's kind of like a proper interlude where we didn't, we pulled some vocal stuff from other teams. But we came up with just like a nice little instrumental track. I did sort um, of like it. You did this really tight like guitar arrangement and synth yeah. thing, and then I just like went in and like Serge Gainsbourg the shit out of yeah. it. Yeah, so like, the, it's like yeah, <laughs> I play the tight guitars and you play the kind of messy guitars. I played real messy guitars. That, that was way, the first. That was the first to actually buy Coastal. I did that out out of Taft Towers in in in, in Clarendon. Uh, well, you it's got, Washington you, DC speak. No, it's not. It's Virginia. Don't. Okay, don't it's Virginia. <laughs> Sometimes I disagree. I think uh, Washington, Washington DC aspires to be Arlington. So. Besides, you know, besides, <laughs> besides, I, uh, <laughs> there are honestly, more and more people that agree with me day by day. I mean, I think that uh, in terms of like a place to a place in terms of a good place to live, maybe well, it's I like agree. it's like it's like but in terms of like the seat of power the, of the nation. There, like, there's uh, the thing. There, here's the thing, and and I will say I'll be sentimental. I'm gonna get sentimental for a second. Get sentimental for a second. Because uh, who's a Sopranos fan here? Yeah. Yes. 
So Johnny Sack moves out to Jersey, right? And he's still sort of the king of New York. You know? I mean, he said he wasn't going to stick his beak in, but we all know he's we, He stuck his beak in. But he said to Tony, he was like, you know, I just want you to know that North Caldwell is just a, a place for me to live. You know, my business won't involve your business. My business it's is still there. just a place to live, yeah. And uh, I'm going to say, like, you know, I'm glad that my business with you, with yeah. all of you, with everything else is still here. Because honestly, it's a place for me to live, you know? It's a place for you to live. And right? I'm glad that my this band and most of you are here. And I'm glad that I can, like, like, pr- like sort of fake to people that don't know me that I live here uh, <laughs> by taking a bunch of pictures when I am here. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, and more importantly, it's, I mean, it doesn't come from a place of actual deception. You're just like... It's like, yeah, I'm involved in stuff here, but I don't, like, you don't have to deal with living here, you know? There it is. And, uh, hey, listen, the left hand. It's a left hand. This is a delightful drink. I think this is kind of, this is a, a bit of a departure from all the other stuff on the menu It kind tonight. of feels like a whiskey drink, you know, in, in a It lot has of, that yeah. feeling, and there's a certain, it, it has what Rodney Dangerfield It has called. gravitas. It has what Rodney Dangerfield would call the heaviness. Our good friend Sam Bear playing the outro keys. Though. Playing the outro key. Our good friend. Our good friend. Like our integral bandmate. Our our good friend <laughs> and our you know the like lead singer. On yeah. This fucking song. The whole. No, she, she's I only mean, the fucking lead singer. She's only the fucking lead singer. Yeah. No, she's a uh, she's a crazy talent, man. She's um, a crazy talent. That's hey, listen, awesome man. You're awesome. you're a crazy talent. Oh, thanks, dog. Yeah. That. So what are well? I know what we're making. Actually, should I talk about what talk we're making? Talk about it, cause you're a drink man. Okay, yeah. So I I I made up this drink. It's uh and and I think like you'll hear a lot of like Southeast Asia references in a lot of this stuff. Um and sorry, I'm gonna get like a little bit like you know MTV unplugged on this for a second, Yo. but. Dude, but um don't be afraid. No, no, yeah. No, I'm not I'm not scared about it, but uh yeah, I mean like a lot of this record was, you know, 3 years after a relationship was over where I didn't want to write about it necessarily. Cuz I think a lot of songwriters write about this stuff like right afterwards. Well, people think, I mean, your microphone's over there. Oh, yeah, I know. I do that every time. Uh hello, we're back. People tend to think of songwriting strictly as emotional autobiography and it like doesn't have to be that you know yeah thank you thank you i'll be running for some civic office um state comptroller right running, here i'll be running for secretary of state Rock. comptroller bell yeah uh no Dude, i could i could troll comps yeah but the thing is uh, yeah so i mean anyway like like it's it's I, I think a lot of you know songwriters sort of do their the, this the thing where um, what I was trying to do was sort of separate myself a lot from it, and I found myself sort of 
this was like the last day I was in, you know, that that house in Puerto Rico. And I, um, like I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about a lot and I, I wrote it at like 5 a.m. But in addition to that, um, the half of the, like the chorus, so the, the, the verse came from the writing session in Puerto Rico. Right. The chorus came from a sketch that I did when I was sitting out uh, by the Mekong River in Phnom Penh um, when uh, you know let's just say like things didn't go the way they were planned and I was alone like in, you know at, at, at you know three in the morning and I was in a in a deeply profound way they yeah. didn't go as they and were. and uh, and, and in so, a relationship draw your own conclusions my friends and so a li- like when I when I was flying back, I I, I ordered a uh, my connecting flight had me do a, 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 a an overnight in Singapore, and I went to Raffles, which is the like the hotel where the Singapore sling was coined and invented. And I, so I decided like okay, th- I I think this song because the chorus was actually written in Cambodia, uh, but followed right after I I, I wrote this chorus like you know drinking singapore slings that this should be called the Phnom Penh punch it's a riff on a singapore sling uh so instead of grenadine and orange juice we're gonna use mango juice and to be fair i couldn't find just like straight up mango juice at the store so it's a mango peach orange blend yeah so from whole foods you know it so the singapore sling is a classic drink has anyone had a singapore sling before it's it's a one it's a really great drink and it's it's gin, grenadine and orange juice and it's it's lovely. It's a proper classic. It's a proper like classic classic and, like and also, old I British mean, type type of drink. Cherry herring and yeah. cherry herring. Entire family. I mean the the and, sling is an entire family of drinks. And so what this is what we did to riff on it was we used gin, uh, Benedictine to kind of sweeten it up. Uh, mango orange juice and then we're topping it off with the dragon fruit which is a staple uh produce from cambodia i know it's i know it's an underknown city but it's the capital cambodia if like for those of you yeah <laughs> dude i gotta say the mango peach orange i think it does really, yeah it really kind of brings something shout out just the, the mango juice shout out to the whole foods corporation <laughs> for blending mango peach and orange juice and and then i guess shout out to me for buying it and putting it in this it really hides the gin like really well yeah would you believe it if i told you this was a gin drink i, I you, think it was just, a vodka drink if honestly. i just handed it to you and had you drink it it's like yeah this is a gin no because the singapore sling you could tell there's gin in there you know, I was on a I was on a gig. Yeah, right. Sure, yeah, but I mean, I um, I was on a gig. Wait a second, night. wait, guys, guys, quiet down because this. Do you guys know? So you know how much I hate gin. Yeah, I know. You, I know that you hate. And gin. the reason why I hate gin is, is because you tried there, it when there, you were no, fifteen. And there is a man in this room that gave that that. Poisoned me on gin, 
and he is right here. That's him. His name is Alexander Wilson, and uh, not to go too into like little like personal, you know, whatever. I'll I'll do the whole thing. Fuck it, do um, it. I'll do the thing. Do the uh, thing. <laughs> you know the thing, uh, and so. Yeah, so, I mean, gin... I, I didn't start drinking gin until, like, you did the gin jazz infusion episode. We did an episode where we did jazz fusion and gin And infusions. it was wonderful and lovely. And the great. thing is, the thing is... We made three that different was the gins. First time, three that different was the first time was I was cool. okay with drinking gin yeah. in, uh, what was it, 14 years, maybe? Because, yeah, because you, me, Him, and our coming. other friend, John Park Williams... I went to visit you guys at Virginia Tech, and uh, you had the great idea of being like, "Why, you know what? Let's not go to like a frat party tonight. Let's like, let's like, let's sit, watch movies, and drink gin." <laughs> and so we yeah. went and got like two handles of Seagram's gin, Ooh. and just sat and like Ooh. poured gin into solo cups and drank gin and. What did we watch? We watched like Apocalypse Now. Oh, I know. <laughs> way to ruin a great movie. Yeah, no, no, wait. We watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. That's what we watched. Oh, okay. Yes, we. That's what we watched. And yes. Hey, Apocalypse Mommy Dearest. Now. Sorry, I will Mommy not Dearest. Have Apocalypse we, Now being maligned in front of me. Wait, Alex. Hold on, Alex. What did What did we watch? Quiet, 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 quiet. I gotta hear. I gotta hear from our friend Alex. What we did gotta we hear what, what happened? Sorry, I want to hear. I want to hear our audience member Alex talk about this situation. We had a spotlight. We'd shine it on you. No, it's okay. I think we were drinking gin and gingers that night. I think we ended up watching whatever came on the TV. It was never part of the plan. Yeah, so there was AMC on the TV, and I think whatever happened to Baby Jane came on. And we were sitting there watching, we were drinking Seagram's gin, me, you, and JP, in the basement of your apartment in Blacksburg, like, just... And by the way, I had driven, by the way, I drove, I drove two hours from Harrisonburg to Blacksburg to, like, have a Virginia Tech time, and I just ended up sitting in your basement drinking gin and being really hungry. You had a Virginia Tech time. So, uh, Jackson, anything, anything, anything more you want to say about the tune before we move well, on the to tune, the next one? The tune is, frankly, I I see, um, I like uh, I like Doug's drink for this one. I think it's a darker drink, but I also like this drink for this one. This drink had a lot of meaning to me. This and drink, like do, and, and is it, and, I understand that it's meaningful, but to me, this song, this song is like, I mean, it's the early morning hours. It's literally darkness, and then the sun comes up. Like to me, in, if you want to express that in a cocktail, Jackson, this is I don't, brighter, I don't springier. think. Have you ever, have you ever sat and played a quarter length? Guitar on the shores of the Mekong Delta, of the Mekong River. No, in in Cambodia no, at did, four in the morning. I did sit on the banks of the Charles River in Boston. That's the, on April on the morning on the morning of April twentieth, and I did just like smoke a bunch of weed in front of the river at four in the morning. I did do I that. I have to and say, and I did that watch the sun come up, and it it was. 
I have to say, I, I don't. Bit. I don't think that. Uh, I think my my experience has carries much more meaning. Oh, yours than is yours. better. Yeah, you, you're saying <laughs> yours is better. Well, I wrote the goddamn song, so. <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't write the song. I'm just saying that it's, to me, this song, at least the arrangement that uh, I slash we came up with. You came up with it. You um, came up with the arrangement. The, cool. the arrangement that. Oh, uh, by the way, this is the one where I mentioned before the callback. But the verse melody was a saxophone melody from something I had written See, that's ten cool. years before. That's very cool. Uh, there's a there's no, the, a the, darkness the, to this song, and that not was, a darkness, that was a, yeah. not a darkness in like a malintent or anything like that. There's just a there's just a sort of. I mean, the way I see it, when you hit the bridge and the strings and stuff, that's like that's the sun coming up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's sort of this dusky kind of earthy thing yes dusky is the word that i well dusky is the opposite of dawn it's like you get from dusky till dawn yeah it's starring and george this is really and this Quentin is like tarantino this is night giving way the song to me is night giving way to dawn and with that hey cheers to the early morning hours cheers to the jump and punch and check out a Singapore sling if you haven't had it. It's delightful. Singapore sling is uh, good, but I think this is like, because but this drink I could drink this. I could drink this. At, I'm not even a bartender. And I made it up. But I could drink this at 3 p.m. and I would be very happy with it. Good. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Uh, this is the last tune. Um, this is the flip me over some summer sunshine version. What are we doing? So this is this is a, a little thing called the uh, the Coupe du Azur, um, the blue the blue chicken or the blue rooster, blue cock as it were, you know. Ah, it's, uh, ah, ah, ooh, God, ooh, God. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Let's chat about this drink. Yes. Well, that's good because Pernod is in this drink. Yeah, it's very impressive. I'm not a. I'm not above. So what are we doing? How are we? How are we mixing this up? I, I, so this is. Uh, so Jackson's really good at taking us on the journey of this drink. So what's what's going on? Well, with this? I should actually. I should pull up the blurb. I should pull up the blurb. Um. Because Jeremy sent me some fun tasting notes about this thing. It's a riff on another thing that I uh, I don't exactly remember what it is. It's a lovely color, I must add. Beautiful. Beautiful color, kind of a pale green. Cucumber juice really kind of puts it puts it in that zone. Um, let me uh, let me go find the blurb Get, right quick. Bring me put a little less of Rob's and put more in mine. Like. Pop. I can do that. Pop. I feel like Rob's been getting like the, the devil's portion. How you portions. feeling, Rob? You feeling good? <laughs> Beautiful. So. I'm getting a remix. Exactly. Perfect. So, uh, what 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 Jeremy Bach has to say about this is that it's his play on a clean daiquiri-like drink, influenced by the south of France. You could easily sub rum for the gin, but extra herbs are nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a play on a tomat if you were to add Peychaud's bitters to this. Mm. Should we 
popping some orange bitters and uh, I mean the Peychaud's bitters is kind of yeah. do we yeah toss yeah. and dash toss what and dash do you think you are? exactly dog. <laughs> that's why I love this place I love this place yeah. <laughs> just toss a toss a dash of Peychaud's on top of each of these and watch the sparks fly <laughs> um so that would be amazing. He's like, we got the, we got the, we got the bitters, but the patience is not there. Um, okay, that'll work. We will sure. send you guys all the recipe lists, by the way. Mm. I mean, this is, this is about as close as you can get to Peychaud's bitters without it being actually Peychaud's bitters, so... Should it, should we pass it around for people to dash yeah, it around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody get your own. Pass get it your own. and dash it. Pass it and dash pass it. Pass it and dash it. Pass it and dash it. And I gotta say, it uh, when you swirl it, when you swirl it into the drink, it does really kind of do something to the coloring of it. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Um, it takes it away from that kind of... It takes it away from that like kind of bright green color. It kind of gives it a... Gives it a, a. It's like a tequila sunrise, a almost. Dusky orange. Yeah. You know, I'm using the word dusky a lot tonight. It's like a sunburst fender. Now you can. Uh, this is also a thing that, if you wanted to, you could top it up with some sparkling wine. Um, if if it uh, that would fit, but it also it sort of doesn't need it, you know. Um, and I mean, Jeremy Buck is Jeremy Buck is one of the better bartenders I've ever worked with. He's just yeah. like an absolute animal behind the bar. And uh, I mean, his his mantra is life is easy. Yeah. So that tells you a little. Well, let's something taste about it. Him, right? Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone was super excited that absinthe was legal. Right. You could buy absinthe. You could buy absinthe. And you could buy absinthe and it was like, we're going to all hallucinate and all this stuff. And the, the really critical part it doesn't about make all you the do hallucination that. diaries is that you got to remember they were drinking absinthe in an opium den. Yeah. Right. In all of the like, we saw crazy things. It's like right, we were smoking right. opium you were and smoking drinking opium absinthe. And, drinking and absinthe. the absinthe yeah. drove us to crazy yeah. visions. It's well, like, because it was it was outlawed due yeah. to the presence of wormwood. wormwood. And yeah. wormwood, which is mentioned in the Bible as being some sort of crazy ass psychedelic yeah. compound. It's Could, not. No. It's like the worm at the bottom of the bottle of tequila. People say, oh, dude, you'll. You'll trip balls or whatever if you no, eat the worm no, at the bottom no, of the bottle of tequila. It's like, no, no you won't. Just get a little more drunk. No. Yeah, bottom, it's the bottle of tequila you drank to get to Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's, right. It's that the that's drinking the whole bottle of tequila. I think in old school tequilas, I think it was just a cool so, thing. Jackson, you want you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about Wolfie guys? I mean, yeah, man, Wolfie and projections. So, two, so guys, two uh, here, here's a little little bit about the the wrap up of this album. Okay. So, um, Wolfie and Projections, they've been friends of the band for years. Good God, that's tart. And, and uh, we did a podcast with them. But, uh, t- yeah, what do you think about this tune? I mean, this is a great way to cap off the album because I think it, like, it's a remix of the first song, which is f- just fun. Um, and it's cool because it it does that thing that a remix is supposed to do where it recontextualizes. Yeah. The music, you know, 
And I mean, I listen to this and I think it brings it to a totally different place than Flip Me Over goes in uh, in much the same way. It's a different song. It's a different song entirely. Cole Odin's track yeah. takes Running From You and brings it to a different place. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, it a lot. I, I, it's, it's a much more... Um, it's minimal. So I, I worked with Wolfie uh, and Dan Projections uh, a lot through this like th- there was like a three month long feedback cycle and a lot of conversations around where this should go and the whole thing was I was like this is a, this is the last tune on the track and this is supposed to be like a like sort of a release of, of everything that had happened before it has you know? kind of a, an epic thing to it a it's, little bit. It's, once it's, those synthesizers come in and because it starts off all like just low down and groovy drums and bass then a vocal sort of happens the vocals kind of take a second to wake up and then there's this like this florid blooming if you will of all yeah. the synth elements where it's like yes. this, it's you've now entered the flower garden of nice little digital flowers yep you know synthesized digital flowers and, and I think it really creates like a more open. Oh yeah, we're so so. Flip me over is like a uh, love the analog flowers too. Flip me over is like the more um, you know uh, sketchy hookup, and this is like kind of the you know hey, this is all like really kind of nice at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, I think so. there's no minor chords. No. Flip me over has the minor chords in it, and, and, the, and, and this the flat they just six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the modal interchange, jazzy stuff, and and this they were like, nah, we don't need that. It's just like, you know, stick to the stick to the majors, as it were. Um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you grab, you're grabbing the stuff that works, or just you're grabbing the stuff that's gonna work on its own. Because those those fancy chords, they don't work so well when they don't have the normal chords around them. Yeah. You know, uh, I had an art teacher who, I mean, the the most brilliant thing this guy ever said to me was, if you take two colors and put them next to each other, they both change. Yep. And I think music works like that too. Yep. Um, but in a remix. You're only pulling some of the colors, yep. and those colors need to be able to stand on their own. Yeah. The baseline's great. Yeah. That's. I think that's Dan over on the projection Playing? side. Playing. Yeah. Kind of got like a little pick. Is it a pick or is it a synth? I see. I, it sounds like it, it could be a synth, but you could also like a like a Pickenbacker situation, a Rickenbacker bass with a pick. Kind of has that thing to it. So anyway, I mean, guys, like, uh, I mean, th- this is like the conclusion of the record. Naked Neighbor. Uh, this has been really exciting, It's the conclusion guys. of our I, show tonight. Like, no, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I mean, first off, I, I want to thank um, uh, uh, Jeremy and Tara uh, for hosting us. Yeah. Uh, no need to thank us. This this was like, I, I mean, I mean, just, I, I'm very honored to. Uh, I'll be but, thanked. I don't care. Yeah, no, yeah, we welcome. can be thanked. Um, 
and thank all, thank all, thank all you guys for coming. I mean, yeah, you thank know. you, thank you all for being thank- here with us and doing this and drinking the drinks and listening to the sounds and You're hanging welcome. out. We did it. Um, yeah, everybody, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, um, this is a really great time. Um, I'm, I'm going to be shameless. We do have records. If, oh, if yeah. You if you want to buy a record, come. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This is the thing. Like, if you, if you yeah. want to buy a record now, you don't have to pay shipping and handling. That's which true. Which is like a big thing. <laughs> we already handled it. Yeah. It's pre-handled. It's pre. It's already been shipped and handled. So, yeah. you know, uh, 15 bucks, you know. Can you guys sign the record? I'll sign it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll sign yeah. it. If you want to buy several to hand out to your friends, you know, like we can do that too, you know, and there it is. Uh, is, Cheers to everything. Cheers to imbibe the vibe. Cheers to you guys. uh, And cheers. And have fun out there. Have fun out there. Have fun out there. Give me one good click. Guys, cheers Cheers to all of the songs. Thank you all. And to thanking everybody here. Jeremy, Tara from Queensy. Queensy, uh, go buy their cocktails. They're in stores near you if you live in the New York or New York City area. Look them up. Follow the them New York the or New York City area. Or Trader Joe's in Princeton and Westfield, New Jersey. And uh, and enjoy our cocktails and buy a record. You know, there you go. Yeah, check it yeah. out. Have fun, our out there. have fun out there. Have fun out there. See it. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>